Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I am here with Alina from Alina Estillian Coaching in Los Angeles, California. What's up, Alina? How are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for taking the time. All righty. So let's jump right into the details. What is it that made you want to own your own gym, start your own gym? How did you get started? Kind of walk us through that. Yeah. So I think it's just, you know, having the, um, the success as a business owner goes a long way for me. So I actually come from a finance background. Um, I went to school for global business and accounting, uh, double majored in global business in German, minored in accounting. So I thought that's the route I wanted to go just because it sounded appealing. I got a job in finance working at a company called Bloomberg. I was there for about two years and I was like, yeah, this isn't for me. <laughs> um, just honestly, like sitting at a desk. Um, I was learning a lot and I like the appeal of that, to be honest, in the beginning. But one thing I realized, which is what made me want to branch out and start my own business is that I was first of all very intimidated um, finance is you know a tough field and it's even tougher as a woman um, and I was going into all of these different hedge funds and accounts and then what I realized is all of these you know men that have been there for such a long time or people that have been there for such a long time I actually knew more than them right like I was teaching them things and it made me realize that when you're confined to this type of a setting like a corporate job where you're just trying to climb the ladder you have the same kind of rigid routine every day. Like these people open the same files, they push the same buttons, they read the same news, they look at the same stocks and that's all they do. And that's all they know. And I just didn't want that for myself Mm -hmm. um, to be so like, you know, tunnel vision in one direction and not have anything else going on in my life. Not to mention a job like that kind of has that golden handcuffs, um, you know, uh, idea to it where you keep getting promoted, you make more money. And even if you hate it, you're like, well, it's too good to give up, right? So for me, that's why I quit when I did because I was like, yeah, I mean, I'm making more and more money. The perks are great, but I just, I'm starting to dread going to work, like literally to the point where I was hoping every morning someone would call me and be like, the building burned down. You don't have to come to work today. So I realized that that's not the kind of like mentality that I want to go to work with. Um, You know, fitness is something I was passionate about. I guess like typical story, right? Played sports, started training as a hobby, got into it, realized I'm really good at it. It's all about building rapport with people. I'm very business-minded, obviously coming from that background. And I'm very knowledgeable, passionate about what I'm doing. I want to make sure that the results I'm providing for my clients are basically speaking of my work as a coach, as a business owner, et cetera. So that's how I got into it. Um, And then from there, so this was in San Francisco. My family lives closer to LA. So I wanted to move back down to be closer to them just because with something like this, once you start and you build up, you know, a location, a client base, starting over becomes much tougher. So I wanted to make sure that I was in an area where I felt comfortable living and wanted to kind of see myself on going for the future remaining there. Yes, absolutely. Okay. And as far as your business model goes now, how do you structure things within the business? Are you doing group classes, semi-privates, one-on-ones? What does that all look like? So it's majority one-on-ones just because I prefer the individualized attention um, for my clients. I have a couple of coaches that also use the facility as well. And then we also do more of a hybrid model now, which we've started since 
COVID began. Um, and I was uh, kind of explaining this to Hayden as well. You know, prior to this, it was all one-on-one -on -one training. That's what I know. That's what I like. I live in Hollywood. I could charge top rate. Everything mm -hmm. is great. There's no like end to clients here that want to look good. I mean, for the vanity, but everybody knows that and they're okay with it. Um, so that's not really an issue in the sense of, you know, getting clients, keeping a big book of business, that type of a thing. But when COVID started and we weren't able to do that for a small period of time, we actually realized obviously going online um, is just another outlet to still be able to maintain our business to some degree. So now we implement more of a hybrid model. So the reason the online has been so successful is because we realized there's a difference between a coach and a trainer. And what I mean by that is most trainers, especially in a one-on-one -on -one setting, your job is to give your clients like the best workout possible, right? They're there for that hour, whether their mentality is like, kill me or teach me or teach me how to be more functional, help me lose weight, whatever, or I just want you to be my therapist. Your job as a trainer within that hour is to give your clients the best workout possible. So a lot of trainers do try to provide nutrition plans and they'll weigh their clients and they'll give them these accountability metrics. But in my experience, at least, I mean, I was training 10, 12 hours a day. I tried this, but what I realized is my clients just weren't doing it. They just thought that that one workout for that one hour coming in three, four, five times a week is all that they needed to do to get in shape. And they didn't take the other stuff seriously. And I didn't really have a structure to where I had the time or the bandwidth to really invest in setting up like a platform where it's not only do you come in to see me, but then you're also doing all of these other things on your own and we're checking in and we're doing X, Y, Z. So that's what we do now where I have clients that will come in, maybe let's say one session a week, one session every other week, whatever it may be, twice a week. But then I also have an entire platform that's in an online setting where I give them the workouts that they do on their own, a nutrition plan. They fill out a weekly check-in form. We do tracking metrics, like tangible metrics with photos and weigh-ins. And we found that's a much more sustainable model in the sense of first of all, income, right? Because you could also reach out to people that aren't necessarily in the area. Maybe let's say they're an hour out and they're like, I want to come in for sessions, but it's not realistic for me to come in, you right. know, five times a week, but I can come once and then I can do all the other stuff on my own. Mm -hmm. um, and then also just kind of realizing, like I said, the difference between an in-person trainer and an online slash in-person coach is that you add a lot more value and you're able to provide the framework to your clients that enables them to not just depend on you for that one session, but have the education and foundation to get the results and then work on all of the accountability, um, understanding biofeedback, right? Like we talk a lot about energy and sleep quality and improving mood and motivation and using basically this framework and improving that biofeedback to therefore get the physique or performance results that they want versus just looking exclusively physique and performance, mm -hmm. you know, working out until they pass out, not eating anything. It'll only last so long. They burn out, they take a year break and they start over in their worst place than where they were before. So right. that's why we've had such tremendous success with this model is because it's you do the one-on-one -on -one sessions, you build rapport with your coach, you have trust and accountability, but then you're also doing all this other stuff on your own. And you know that you have the guidance and the structure and someone to touch base with and check in with if you run into a wall or something like that. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And the nice thing about online is it's super scalable, right? Like you mentioned before, you can help people who aren't just in your area. Uh, so that's always nice. And then on the fulfillment side of things, it's, it's less work on your end because you don't have to be with these people for an hour throughout the day. You know, you only have so many hours in the day, so you can only realistically serve a certain amount of people. Um, but when you 
are online and you're offering that framework and people can kind of execute on their own, it's really nice because then in turn, you're able to help a lot more people. So 100% and our ability went up by like a trillion. And it's honestly something I would recommend to every like trainer and gym owner, anybody who does this, try to kind of expand in this facet where you still have like your, you know, in-person clientele or your group classes or whatever, but then you add this other element of your business that allows you to be more multi-dimensional, get better results, have a bigger demographic and basically learn how to be a better coach versus just being a trainer. And I kind of look at it almost like what you mentioned too, the way that I explain it to people coming in, like this is more like a consulting uh, job in the sense of my job is not necessarily to kill you in an hour. It's let me help you get from A to Z in the most efficient and sustainable way possible, analyzing both how results driven, what we're doing is from, you know, like the physique performance, whatever your goal is perspective, but also how, the, how realistic the human component of it is, right? Like, are you enjoying what you're doing? Is it sustainable? Are you learning from it? Versus like walking blindly doing something because I'm telling you to do it and you have no idea why you're doing it. Right, absolutely. And as far as membership-based or client-based goes, how many clients are you currently serving? Honestly, I personally want to say I have at least 60 to 70 between the in-person online model. And then I have two coaches that also coach out of here, but I, I couldn't tell you how many clients they have. Yeah. Okay. In the realm of over a hundred possibly. Absolutely. Okay. And how are you marketing and getting the word out there about what it is that you do? Does it look different for the in-person staff versus the online staff? Um, How are you getting the word out there to grow? So for me, we actually tried running ads for a while and I just didn't like, it it just, you know, expenses were so high and we just didn't get the scalability with the cold lead. So actually what's been super beneficial for me and what I'd recommend for honestly, any business owner, my Yelp page has been like the most tremendous help, um, both for my one-on-one business and online. I don't do ads, but I pay for the upgrades on Yelp. Um, And I mean, realistically speaking, I, I started this like, five, six years ago, just getting reviews from clients that I had on. Um, Because anytime I go anywhere, if I'm looking to like get a haircut or go to a restaurant, I always go to Yelp, right? So it's just like such a trusted platform, my people. So what I've managed to do with that is I'll have people that will reach out to me for one-on-one because obviously they're in the area, they're looking for a one-on-one trainer, but then I'll pitch them on the one-on-one with a hybrid package. Um, so that's my first outlet. And then the second one has actually been social media, Instagram, especially because I think since reels came out and started taking off, it's become much easier to present information in like an entertaining, engaging way versus just like, here's a photo and a cheesy caption about dieting. So I think those have been my two biggest areas of uh, scaling my business alongside referrals from, from current and ongoing clients. Got it. Okay. So have you run paid advertising through Facebook in the past? What platform were you using? Yeah, it was through Facebook. Um, and we had a media, like kind of media buyer, media manager, um, for a bit, but honestly, I just, I personally wasn't a fan of it. Uh, I also kind of micromanage expenses and it's just like, wasn't adding up to me. I understand it's more of like a long-term game, but the business, you know, the size of the business that I have right now, it's not really a necessity with the rate at which we're scaling already. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, if you're running, go ahead. I was going to say not to say that I wouldn't be opposed to it down the line, but just don't need it right now. Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it it only makes sense if you're getting 
at minimum three to one returns on your ad spend, right? Because if not, it, it really doesn't necessarily make sense. Um, when you do put any type of advertising out there, what type of offer are you running? Is there an offer or is it more so of just kind of putting out there what you do and waiting for people to come to you? How does that work? Yeah, it was more of that, <laughs> to be honest. Um, and I was working with my fiance at the time too. And he's much more into like social media, getting himself out there. I like more of the, I, I don't mind the, the, the limelight, the front end, but I also love the back end, just in the sense of like the fulfillment side of things, building those relationships with clients and like building my business in the background, I guess you could say. Um, so he was doing a lot more of that. We had, um, what is it? Why is it slipping my mind now? Um, the video where they come to your landing page, a VSL. We had a VSL, okay. all of mm -hmm. that stuff. Um, but like I said, it just wasn't necessarily the outlet that I wanted to continue taking. Okay. And so as far as goals go and growth, are you looking to grow more? Are you looking to scale more online? Kind of where are you focusing most of your attention within the business right now? Um, honestly, both. I'm in a really good place now where I'm making way more financially than I did just one-on-one -on -one doing this hybrid model to the point mm -hmm. where I could probably add at least another third of my business on from the time capacity that I have. So that's the goal now is continuously expanding, um, probably cap eventually at the one-on-ones because I don't want to get to a point where I'm doing like 60 hours of one-on-ones a week and then struggling to fulfill on everything else, but to kind of keep managing the one-on-one -on -one and build on the hybrid side of things with ongoing uh, clients, referrals, things like that, just a good kind of exponentially grow. So I would say I have at least another like third of my business from a time perspective that I could allocate right now. Okay. And what steps are you taking to get to that point? Um, so honestly, first and foremost, I want to make sure that everything I do is very results driven and relationship driven, because I realize that ongoing clients are like the highest return on investment you could possibly achieve mm -hmm. um, that alongside referral. So I do make a really big push to keep as many people ongoing beyond like the initial package or timeframe that they sign up for, which that's really good. Um, and the other sense is also just continuously growing my social media because I feel like just being seen as an expert in the field and having the multidimensional aspect of like, hey, you could still work with me even if you're not in like the immediate area. Mm -hmm. um, so that's been really, really big. And that's that's what I'm trying to grow right now to be more like self-sufficient and directed. So once again, when people come to my social media and they're like, oh, she really knows what she's talking about. It's engaging. Look at all these other people that are getting results. I talk a lot about like breaking traditional diet culture, sustainability, you know, not starving yourself, the importance of analyzing that biofeedback so that people start to see like, hey, I've actually been doing it the wrong way all this time. She's talking about how I should be doing it. And they find mm -hmm. that like as a point of confidence, understanding, and then more desirable to reach out. Even if they follow me first, I mean, I've had people reach out to me that are like, Hey, I've been following you for three years and I feel like it's finally time. So 
I've been getting a lot more of that as I've been expanding on social media, but that's been my biggest outlet right now. I'm also trying to grow more on TikTok because I've been using primarily just Instagram. So being more multidimensional on the different platforms versus just isolating to one. Facebook, yeah. I honestly don't, I, I haven't been able to get into. I know a lot of people like Facebook groups and like organic harvesting and stuff like that. I have not been able to kind of get into that mentally. I had a Facebook group and I just couldn't get like the, raw engagement that I do on Instagram and TikTok. So I know everybody has their, their thing though. Yeah, for sure. As far as paid advertising goes, Facebook is still the best converting platform. Mm -hmm. Um, TikTok is up and coming and probably will soon take over as far as the, the best paid platform. Um, but yeah, I mean, if, if you're just posting organic and it's working for you, then Hey, then that's okay too. Um, you made a really good point there as far as keeping the members that you have uh, is a really good way to help grow the business. I mean, there are multiple ways to grow a business. We can get more clients. We can get our clients to pay more by providing them higher levels of service. And then we can keep our clients longer. It's much cheaper to keep a client than it is to acquire a new one. That mm -hmm. often gets overlooked. You know, it, it, a lot of times it just kind of turns into getting people in the door. Uh, but the same amount of people that are coming in the door on a monthly basis tend to be leaving out the back door as well. So if we can provide that super high level of service, keep our clients longer, then that helps to grow the business as well. So along those lines, what other services are you providing to your clients? It sounds like you're doing the nutrition, the accountability. Uh, so what does that look like? And then are there other levels of service or streams of revenue within the business as well? Um, as of now, no. So it is just the kind of like the primary, like I said, like the one-on-one -on -one coaching and then the online facet of having the programming, the nutrition, the accountability. Mm -hmm. um, so those are our main streams of, of revenue right now. Um, in the sense of growth, like with the ongoing, um, yeah, I mean, I would say that that's, that's kind of like our main like kind of pocket right now that we've been able to really grow and generate is constantly bringing people in the door but then also keeping the people that we have on. And one thing that I realized too, is I think the, the reason a lot of people will leave coaching or programming, well, one, if, if they're not getting results, um, right. like, or if they feel like their coach or trainer's not giving them basically like the value that was promised or that they thought they would get. But two, I also think that there's a lack of like ongoing education. So people will sign up, let's say for like a, you know, 16 week package. And if you just put them on autopilot where they see that as a coach, like it's very monotonous, you have this kind of like steady roadmap, like, Hey, at week four, this is what's going to happen at week eight. They start to just be like, I could do this on my own. Why would I pay you? Right. So what I realize is that providing that ongoing value where I'm constantly teaching them new things, not because I want them to necessarily depend on me, but because they realize that there's so much more to learn, so much more to apply, and it takes much longer than four months, six months, et cetera. So I've been able to do that very successfully in a way that makes people see that there's still value left to be given versus I think that was the hard part for us in the beginning too, is we were kind of getting, you know, two, three months in and people be like, essentially on autopilot at that point where they're like, oh, I kind of get the general frame of what this is. So we started to elaborate beyond that and say like, all right, well, at month three, we're going to, I don't know, introduce carb cycling as an example within your nutrition or something like that, where they're constantly learning more, their body's changing more. And it's, 
it's kind of triggering them mentally to be like, oh shit, well, I didn't get everything that I could possibly get out of this. There's still so much more value that could be added. So that's been very beneficial. And that's something that I recommend for everyone to do is don't have, you know, a roadmap that everybody does to where they realize like, okay, like I don't really need to pay someone for this. I get it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. People want value, you know, Mm -hmm. and if you can, keep providing them value, whether it be through education or content or some type of new something people to, to keep them interested, keep them motivated, uh, and keep getting them results. I mean, that's the biggest thing, the results. So, uh, that's what tends to keep people the longest as far as, uh, lifetime for your clients, what typically are you seeing? How long are people typically sticking around with you now? Um, honestly, the clients that we've had, especially since COVID, they stay on for like, it it depends to be quite honest. Um, the finance side of things is always the biggest objection, right? So there are a lot of people that we've had those breakthroughs with that we keep adding value. And even if initially they come in, they're like, Hey, I'm going to do this for four months. We see them staying on for like six months or eight months or 10 months. That's been always the biggest point of contention when people stop is like, Hey, I just can't afford to pay it anymore. I just, you know, book this trip. I lost my job, whatever it may be. Um, so that's been kind of like the biggest hurdle with keeping people on. But other than that, the, the clients that we have had both for the in-person and online model typically will stay. I, I want to say like between six and 12 months, some obviously longer, but that's, I think that's been roughly the average. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. I mean, industry average is three to six months. So if you're on the six to 12 months end, then that's good. Mm -hmm. Uh, Definitely in the, in the right place there. Now, do you have some type of like maintenance program that people can roll into that is slightly lower cost? That's more of just like, okay, this is what we need to do to maintain, to keep them on track, but isn't so involved as far as training, accountability, nutrition, things go? Yeah. So typically we'll bring someone on for a four month commitment. And then beyond that, we do offer ongoing coaching at a lower rate. If they do want to stay on for the, like I said, continuous programming, taking the guesswork out of it because they feel comfortable with the relationship they've built and they like the convenience or they just want to continue on their journey and seeing results. And I think having that mentally also helps people to be like, well, I paid the upfront cost. It was X, right. And now it's at a lower cost. Like, why wouldn't I continue? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's less accountability on our end because at that point they become much more self-sufficient. It's still offering like basically the same programming, but less necessity on the accountability side from a coaching perspective. Right. Yes, absolutely. Okay. All right. Um, So now one thing I was up to touch on with every gym owner that I speak with is if you could provide a piece of advice to somebody who is considering doing their own thing and going their own way, potentially opening their own facility, what would that be? What's one of the most important things that you've learned over your time, either in the industry or in ownership? I would say focus on the back end just as much as you focus on the front end. So like fulfillment should be of, you know, equal importance as lead generation. um, Because just like we talked about earlier, if you get people in the door, but they don't stick around, it's, you're not really getting much on your uh, like ROI. So that's one thing that I've learned is emphasizing fulfillment is just as important as lead generation because the fulfillment side and being results driven will provide, you know, extensively more leads for you on the front end. And I think far too many people always focus on 
building revenue, getting people in the door, just everything front end. And they kind of just automate the back end. And then people are like, this isn't what I pay for. This isn't what I was promised. Like the value is just not here and they leave. So you kind of keep like breaking even over time. Um, so that would be my best advice. And I think that's what's really made the difference for me personally is just really emphasizing fulfillment, constantly learn, you know, understand that you, what's the saying? Like, don't know what you don't know yes. um, right and there's always more to kind of like learn and apply both from a business perspective and a coaching perspective in the sense of what you can offer to the to your clients but I would say that's definitely the biggest piece of advice and the, the reason I see a lot of coaches fail is they're just so hyper focused on like selling you know kind of like social media putting yourself out there and then they have a shit product or a shit mm -hmm. service and nobody right. wants to stay on for that and then you're not getting referrals you're not getting you know ongoing clients and eventually you kind of start to fade out right yeah for sure and that's kind of what gives some fitness facilities or some approaches kind of a bad name sometimes because a lot of times it, it turns into like a churn and burn kind of situation you know it's like uh, people are coming in the door, but then they're not really getting results. They're not really sticking around for a long time. And then people are constantly chasing new leads because they're not focused on the other two pieces, you know, the fulfillment, the retention, uh, and one feeds into the other, right? And it's like, you get the people in the door, you provide them the value, they stick around and then it builds from there. But I don't know why so often that that gets overlooked. Uh, so definitely... I think a lot of people are in this business to make money, which like I totally understand, right? At the end of the day, it's a job. And I, this is what I always notice too, when someone's posting content, typically it's, it's again, focused more on like lead generation, but not so much focused on like client wins, client results. Like what does your service actually have to offer and why are people signing up with you and then staying with you? Um, and I think it's just like, it's having that business mentality, but maybe just not understanding what it takes to run a successful business over time is that the values in the fulfillment and the service or product that you offer just as much as it is in the sales and lead generation. And I've seen it a lot more be like 90, 10, where in my opinion, it should be like 50, 50. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a lot of people who own and run gyms do so because they like fitness, not because they know business, mm -hmm. you know, and that's where those things kind of get lost along the way. So definitely focusing on the back end, just as much as you focus on the front end is super important. Great piece of advice for sure. All right. So as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media? Uh, so I'm just under my name, Alina, A-L-I-N-A underscore Astillion. It's, it's, it's a Romanian name. I know it's not common. <laughs> um, so I'm on Instagram. I, like I said, I don't really utilize Facebook, same name on TikTok. Um, and then trying to expand a little bit on YouTube with the podcast that we started, but slow burn to start. Yes. Awesome. All right. Perfect. So Alina from Alina Astillion coaching in Los Angeles, California. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. It's been great having you on the show. My pleasure. Thank you guys for having me. Absolutely. To all the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you will be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there and we will catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer and make more money, Head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. 
You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on the show is Ian from B3 Strength and Performance in Greenville, South Carolina. Welcome to the show. How are you, Ian? I am fantastic. Thank you so much for having me, Brooke. Super excited to have you sitting here in front of me today to learn more about your facility. But before we really dive into that, you know, let us know what it was that got you started in the industry of being a gym owner. Sure. Uh, I will clarify and say that I still do not rest re- really want to be a gym owner. I have to be honest, but um, I felt there was a big need and that's why I jumped in there. Uh, I was a head trainer at a boot camp for a few years. And the longer I was there, the more frustrated I got with where health and wellness is going, just the safety aspect of it and expectations for people that really don't have the capacity to move well, at least not yet. Uh, And at the same time, I was out for a couple of months having both of my knees replaced. So while I was doing that, um, the gym was making some decisions that I couldn't agree with. And that became a big struggle for me. So during that time period, it was a great time to just uh, reevaluate my thinking and my philosophy on health and wellness. And that gave me about 12 months to create my programming at home, figure out exactly what I want my model to look like, and then begin to put it in place as I search for buildings. And uh, once I found that, I was able to move forward. Cool. Yeah. So that all of that led to this. Now you have B3 strength and performance. And so yes. for our listeners, Give us your elevator pitch. Tell us who you guys are, the services that you provide. Kind of paint that picture so that moving forward in this conversation, we kind of know who you are and what you have to offer. Yeah, the best way I paint that picture is I'm saying we are the middle ground in between powerlifting and CrossFit. That's how I would describe us. Uh, We are not CrossFit because, and don't get me wrong, if you have a fantastic CrossFit coach, you are, you're going to be safe and you're, you're going to be successful. But most people do not have the mobility to perform a lot of loaded overhead movements, uh, gymnastics movements and Olympics movements. Some people do, some don't. Uh, so instead of uh, making that expectation, we build up towards that with unloaded mobility movements. Um, and then we are not powerlifting because we have slightly different uh, standards for our squats, deadlifts and bench, but we kind of incorporate a combination of both. So we are very much mobility based with a maximal strength training component. Okay. Got it. So it's all group classes or is it personal training? Like what services, like if I was somebody who wanted to come into your facility, what would you have to offer me? Right. Well, we, we kind of go through all the options, which we do have personal training, semi-private training and group fitness training. And we get a feel for what the person is looking for. Uh, My goal is to get people into group fitness. If we feel they are a good fit, And the way that we do that is we we find out what their goals are. We get an idea of their personality and if they are going to be more of a community-based build up the culture type person. Uh, Some people aren't, and that's okay. That doesn't mean anything. It's nothing bad. That just means that they're more likely to want to work by themselves. Uh, So we'll look into that. And then if we determine that they are a good fit for group fitness or personal training, we go through an onboarding process. And that onboarding process determines uh, how quickly that person will move into group fitness, or if they're just going to stay at personal training for a time period. Uh, but our model is the model for us is to transition each person from personal training into group fitness. If that's something they desire. 
Okay, cool. So um, kind of tell us about the average client that you're seeing in your facilities. Like what do they look like? Is there kind of a demographic that you're typically seeing? Yeah, that's the question I get all the time. It is the hardest question for us to answer because the demographic that we look for is a mindset. It is not a body type. It's not an age. It's nothing to do with physicality. It's more of somebody who's wanting to develop more grit and be able to experience discomfort, become more comfortable with being discomfort, having discomfort. That's really what we're looking for. And that is, it takes a process. One of the things that we do to help determine uh we, we do we actually do a personality test it's a very small one but we do it in our interview process uh with that it's uh obviously we don't want to put somebody in a box but it gives us a little bit more insight into kind of not only how they think but how they respond to whether it be uh motivation encouragement or if they respond better to more of that tough love environment because everyone's a little bit different uh, so that's more of what we look for. And that's kind of how we handle that process. So I, and I will say this, if you were to come to our 4.30 PM class, you're going to have three 16 year olds in that class an 18 year old, you're going to have a 52 year old lady with a hip replacement. And you're going to have a couple of other guys. And one's a former uh, college uh, Clemson football player. So like it runs the gamut and they all are able to work out together. And it's beautiful because uh, the big thing for me is there, and, and I am transplanted from up north to the south, but many young people do not have that same relationship with, with grandparents and older people, and they don't get that experience and that wisdom, and we want that to be part of our gym. Yeah, I have like a little bit of everybody in your yes. classes. Mm -hmm. That's great. Yep. So, you know, where there's not a typical kind of client, you're looking for more of a mindset. I, I have to ask, like, do you ever have somebody come in who maybe has never been taught to have that mindset before? Because I think that a lot of times, like many of us were not given the opportunity to have like, you know, uh, team fitness or, you know, we, we weren't on a sports team or, you know, we grew up and we stayed at home. Um, and so that mindset is something that we have to develop being thrown into something like this. So do you ever see that? Oh, all the time. That's really what we're looking for. I'm not a, a sports person at all. I didn't become an actual athlete until after my knees were placed because now I, I do competitive powerlifting, but I didn't before. And so for me, that was the thing that I realized is I wanted to develop this grit. Well, how do I do that? I have to spend time outside of my comfort zone. That's really the only way that I can develop that. And so that's the conversation we have with people. Are you interested in that? Is that something you value? You don't have to have it. But are you willing to commit that over time, that's what you want to develop? And if it is, I, I write that down. I have them sign it because the next step for us is let's hold you accountable to that. And it's slow. It's a very slow, gradual pro uh, process, but it's a reminder too to people. Hey, you remember when we had that conversation and, and you said this is something you want to develop? This is right now where it happens. So this is the moment. And it doesn't mean die. It just means take yourself a little further than you thought. And that's where we build greater self-efficacy. And then over time, you're reminded, hey, remember that thing I did that I didn't think I could do? Well, maybe I can do it again. And maybe I can do it some more. And so it's just a process. Got it. Got it. Okay. So right now, kind of give us an idea of how many members you're servicing within your facility. I know you have a couple of different kind of 
services yeah. there. So just give us a general idea of, of what yeah. that looks like right now. Yeah, total, we're, we're probably around, and this it, 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 there's so many different numbers here, but we're probably servicing around 77 people right now. Um, and we, I still have not decided on an end number where we want to get, but it's lower than most places want to be. Um, I think our number is going to be somewhere around 125. That's what I think I'm shooting for. I want a small community that I, where I really know everyone and everyone knows each other. Um, right. Could I do, could I be a lot more profitable? I could be so much more profitable if we loaded the gym up, if we, you know, even if we remove barbells and did, I mean, certainly we could do that, but I don't find that to be the most effective community. You know, honestly, Ian, I don't think that that's even necessary because there's ways for you to make money with what you currently have. You don't have to have 250 members in your gym to be profitable. If you don't right. have the space for that and that doesn't fit within your model, that's totally fine, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. We can do things with what we have to get us to a more profitable standpoint within our business. And that's something that a lot of times people just have this mindset in this industry. It's like, I want to help more people. I want to help more people. I want to help more people. But then it's like, when you do that, sometimes the service level goes down. Yep. And so for you guys, like that small class size is really what's part of your brand. Yes. Um, so, you know, it's not, you don't have to do that. So with that being said, you know, you have however many clients right now, hypothetically, are you looking to welcome any more right now? Or are you happy with where you're at? Yeah, no, we are. I would say for right now, for the course of 2022, we're probably looking to support maybe 20 more members for the entire year, holding okay. on to the ones that we have. So I would say a net growth of 20. Uh, we are able to do much more than that. We actually, I mean, we added six people last week, but you know, a month and a half ago, we also declined four people. So um, it just, it just depends, you know, we're, I'm, I'm not stuck on any particular number, but we're going to be very particular about who we bring in because we've made the mistake in the past. We've had to rectify it and I'm trying to minimize that as much as possible. Okay. So when you're saying that, like you have had to turn people away in what instance would you not be willing to work with somebody? Uh, so I don't look at, uh, our, our gym is not the kind of gym where you just pop in. And you get in and work out every so often. That's just not our model. And so when people say, well, I'm looking for a place that I can get a workout in whenever I feel like it. And I ask them to tell me a little more about that. And then I ask them to give me an example of their gym experience, you know, kind of what that looked like times a week. Uh, that's that would be one example where I've um, I've asked that person, do you can you become more consistent? Because that's what our model is. And they say yes. And after about a month, they're not. I talk to them about it and they're like, yeah, this probably isn't the best environment for me. And we 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 I haven't done it in a way that wasn't a mutual agreement. Like we yeah. try to we try to manage it the correct way. So that would be an example. Another example was we had a family that we had to remove uh, out of a lot of negativity. So um, we are about encouraging and celebrating people's personal records, whatever that record may be. Um, and when we're more or less judging and evaluating everyone and uh, minimizing their achievements, that's a problem. Okay. So I guess nine people out of 10 will ideally have the right values sure. to be able to fit within your facility. It's just the, the weird ones here and there that yeah. don't have that right yeah. mindset. They're negative. They don't yeah. want to show up. Okay. Sure. Most people, most people um, are able to be, uh, most people are, are able to be molded. Most people are. I mean, honestly, when you work at, walk into a certain environment, most of us 
assimilate to that environment as long as that environment is within our values, right? Uh, so most people do. There are some that that don't for whatever reason, and um, more power to them. But it's just if it doesn't fit our model, I mean, that's the thing. It has to align with our three core values. Uh, our three core values are learn, lift, laugh. That's what we want to do together. If we're not able to do that, that's an issue. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, totally. Okay. Yep. Got it. I have a better idea now. So the okay. next question I have for you is what do you guys do to actively aid that growth process? You're looking to welcome 20 net new members this year. So what do you guys do to, to grow? Like how do people hear about you? I can tell you what hasn't worked and I can tell you what is working. So uh, the very first year I spent about $14,000 in social media marketing. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We added one member with that. Now, there were some benefits. There certainly created a level of brand awareness and interest. I will say that. Um, but what has been the most effective for us is two things. I mean, leaning on our members to bring in like-minded members is huge member referrals, but you have to create an experience like no other for them to want to become raving fans. Mm -hmm. uh, so that would be one thing that's is very important. And then the second thing, which is probably just as important as I joined a business networking group called BNI and it's a it's it's very huge globally um, it has been by far the most effective thing that I've done I meet with them every Tuesday for an hour and a half and we're talking about 45 other business owners that you know have clientele and so we're basically sharing referrals as needed you know based on needs that we find and that has grown our business tremendously awesome and I would say from BNI, I joined in January and it is May and we have um, brought in about 17,500 just from BNI in that time period. That's, and, that's a lot of money. That's crazy. It continues to grow. So I, I, I really do believe, I mean, we're, we're estimating that's going to hit closer to 40 grand for the year. And, and so that has been a huge thing that we've done. That's amazing. Okay. Now we'll do other things. We've done pop-up camps and we've gone out and done community events and we're doing them now at our gym. But that was one of those things that had been on hold for a little while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That like kind of guerrilla marketing with the pandemic has been a little bit weird. So, you know, mostly sounds like you've grown your business through, you know, word of mouth and referrals. And then obviously this business networking group has been really beneficial for you. But, you know, I want to touch back on the social media advertising, right? That's an area that a lot of people are scared to go down um that avenue so for you like why do you feel like that didn't work were you doing it on your own like what talk to us about that experience a little bit well we you know we hired a, a an online marketing group um people that i am familiar with so like i would meet with them in person they are local um but i would also say that they did a great job but they they're not experts in in the gym world yeah so i think they're in the gym world's a little bit different and that's important to know um so i just I didn't see anything that stood out as big mistakes. It just didn't land like we thought. I mean, even the products that we created for that, I think were, were wonderful. I think we really did a fantastic job. It just didn't land. What actually landed for us is using social media. Like honestly, Instagram reels has been probably our greatest social media platform right now because we have had those last, uh, I would say last 10 members we add added, Eight, I think eight out of them said that they they joined or they came because they watched all of our reels. They loved the personality in the reels. They loved what they saw. And it was just such a welcoming environment that they wanted to see what it was like. 
Awesome. I love that. Organic social media and using that to your advantage is so important. And, Mm -hmm. you know, like you said, with the actual marketing piece on social media, it marketing for a gym is its own animal. And so we could reach out to any expert in the marketing world, but like, if they're not an expert in the health and fitness thing, and they haven't worked with a bunch of gyms, like we can spend a bunch of money and not see a return on investment. And it's, it stinks that it's like that, but it's its own animal. Just like you and I, before we got started in the industry of being a gym owner, like we're like, ah, it's a business. We can handle it. And then it's like, (laughs) craziness it's completely different than any other business so um next topic that i want to discuss because i think that this is where you know our listeners can pull a lot of value what's a current bottleneck or current challenge that you're facing within the business side of things and what would you say you're doing to kind of overcome that yeah i mean the biggest bottleneck we run into now which is a beautiful thing is we have to turn away personal training clients because we don't we don't have enough space meaning time. I don't have enough time slots to work with the clients. And uh, it's really hard to decide when is the right time to hire. Hiring new trainers, whether you hire them as a W-2 or hire them as an independent contractor. Um, our goal, we decided, I decided to go ahead and hire as an independent contractor to give them opportunities to work in plenty of places while we grow their business. Um, and if we grow any particular independent contractor's business uh, so well, and, and they want to commit to B3, then I think that would be a good opportunity to to switch them to an employee. Uh, So it just gives them a little more freedom. And that's what I want them to have. Uh, But that's the hard part is just determining when's the right time. Um, And that's why I went independent contractor, because I don't know if you're ever going to know exactly when should I hire. um, But you do when you hire, you're going to want to get people some clientele to have, you know, some work as they begin. So that, that's, that to me is, um, that's the bottleneck. Yeah, I, I get that. It, it's definitely a challenge when you don't have enough space in your schedule to fit in new right. clients. Yep. So on average, how many clients do you feel like you're having to turn away because of, um, you know, space issues? Um, on, I don't know about on average. I, I'd say overall, we've turned away about eight clients. Um, and that, you know, eight clients may not seem like a lot, but I will give you an idea. Um, you know, we've got, I, I, I've got four particular clients right here that bring in about $4,200 a month. That's four clients. So losing eight, that could be a game changer in, you know, just in, in revenue and bringing in new equipment or maintenance, whatever it may be. So it's a, it's a big deal. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you're looking at the personal training side of things, eight new clients, that's a significant amount of money that you could be making for your facility. Like you said to one, you know, um, bring in new equipment um, that better serves your members. Um, you know, you have a family, obviously you have a daughter. So like, you know, you need to be able to support her. And like you said, you didn't really end up like in this business with the desire to be in this business. So the more money and revenue that you can bring in, the more free it allows you to be in terms of having a staff that can help you run the business and let you kind of step aside a little bit. So um, last, you know, big question I have here for you is what does the future look like? What's your goal with this business down the road? Where would you like to see this go? 
And I would say uh, long-term goals is, is a challenge for me. It's real. I, I am so much in the here and now, it's hard for me to envision where we're going to go. Um, but if I had to pick a, a five-year goal, I would love to develop uh, a second location that's still local, but maybe maybe 10 miles, uh, 10 mile radius or something like that. Uh, and then have my current trainer right now, Abby, run one of them as I run another. Um, I, I'm not sure how far we want to take that, but I do think two facilities would be beneficial for us. Uh, and then the other aspect would be, I really want to get into the middle schools and high schools here. Uh, that's the other part that I, that I, I can remember growing up and I can see it now is the type of the, the level of training for our middle schooler and high school kids. Uh, some schools do a fantastic job, but far and, um, Far in between, I mean, most of them, I, I see their movement patterns and it's it's dangerous and scary. And it's only gonna become worse as they become adults. So I want us to be able to get into high schools and become the leading expert for our, our athletes and, and just your average high school kid when it comes to movement. Yeah, definitely. I think that those are both great goals. So I'm gonna ask you, what has to happen for you guys to be able to get to the point where you can have a second location? What has to happen within the business now for that to become a possibility down the road? Yeah, so we have to hit a certain revenue goal. I know the number, um, and we have to hit it for three years straight. Okay. So I can either share that number or just say that. <laughs> no, 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 you don't need to share the number. That's totally okay. So with your revenue goals, have everything in place right now to reach that goal or do you need to kind of amplify things a little bit yeah we're gonna have to yes we will have to increase uh overall revenue at about 25 percent okay. for us to hit that goal and then we got to keep it there and we're gonna have to keep it there consistently so this is just going to be um you know i opened it we have a separate i have a separate business savings account so we're okay. all all profit moves over there and um not to go off topic, but there was another thing that I'd like to mention for gym owners where I think I made a mistake and I, I wouldn't want to make that mistake again. I decided two years without paying myself and I wish I would have given myself a salary in the beginning. And I think that was a mistake of mine. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, you have to look at yourself, right? You have a kid, you need to support your family. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so like, it's silly to not pay yourself, but like, that's always the first thing that we think of when our business is struggling a yeah. little bit, like, oh, well, this is our baby. Like, let's just, you know, we don't need to be paid this month, but then it turns into two months, then it turns into three months, and then it turns into four months that we're not paying ourselves. Absolutely. And yep. it's just like, that's not a sustainable way to live. No, um, I lived off most of my retirement, uh, not most of it, but I lived off retirement um, money that I've had saved up from prior profession. And I was able to do that. Not everyone's going to be able to do that. And I recognize that, but I wish I wouldn't have, even if it would have been a small amount, because the other way it impacted me was uh, the PPP loan. I was unable to, you know, I could apply for one employee, but I couldn't apply for myself because I wasn't paying myself anything. And that would have been very helpful during that time. So that was a mistake that we made that I wish I wouldn't have done. Huge. Um, Huge. Yeah, Thank so. you for sharing that. That's, that's great. Very valuable. Thank you for mm -hmm. sharing Yep. Um, awesome. Well, you know, I'm really excited to see how you guys are able to increase the revenue in your facility to get you to that. Thank you. you. Know, Thank you. Location down the road. That's huge. Um, you definitely have a great mindset to get you there. Where can our listeners go to find you guys on social media if they're interested in seeing, you know, everything in action? Sure. Uh, if you want to check us out, the best place to check us out would be on Instagram. Uh, and you can go to B3 strength underscore gym. 
exciting stuff. Thank you for sharing that with us today. And thank you for sitting here and having this conversation with me. I really do appreciate it. For our listeners, thank you guys as well. If you want to stay notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. And if you want to join us for an episode here at the Gym Lords Podcast, fill out the link in the description and our team will be in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. And joining us on the show is Dom and Lauren Suozzi of Peaks Athletic Club, coming to you from Arizona. Guys, what's going on today? How are you? What's going on, brother? Thanks for having us. Excited to have you guys. I'm excited to dive into this. And it sounds like there is quite a history with this business. So I'm excited to pull your brain and and pick and choose and see what we can get out of you guys in terms of some experience that's that's useful for other gym owners out there. Before we do that, talk to us a little bit about how you guys got involved with this. Talk to us even before that about how this whole thing got started and then your involvement with it down the road. All right. So I, I guess I'll just kind of start from the beginning. So my parents started Peaks Fitness 20 years ago. Um, so when I was about four and a half, five years old, and we started at a small location in a little town called Fountain Hills, and it was just ran out of a location that we rented from a, uh, a larger provider. And, you know, throughout my younger years, it just grew and grew and grew because we're in a small town. There's not a lot of people here. And that kind of that niche market that we had just kept growing. Uh, eventually over time, we moved from a location that we rented from to a ground up gym that we eventually built in around 2009, right? And so now uh, we're in a, the list goes on and on, right? So I grew up in the environment, technically been in it for about 20 years now um, and love every second of it. I actually met my wife when I was at the Olympic Training Center up in Colorado Springs, where I spent five years away from the business. And she was one of the employees there. And so I met her up there at the Olympic Training Center where she worked on film. And so, you know, one thing led to another, her and I ended up getting married. And then I brought her into the family business because she knew how to crunch the numbers. And I yeah. needed, I needed somebody to- And so we pulled her in, we're gonna use your skill set. Right. Here we go. It, it wasn't really, 
it wasn't really one of those things where she had an option. I was just like, hey, you're good at this. You're going to do it. <laughs> we fitness people need numbers people just oh. as much. So oh. valued and, and, skill set. Yeah, and that's very much true. This is like, and I like the front of the house, right? I like being involved with the customers. I like doing that sort of thing. The behind the house type stuff, I wasn't good at. And, you know, there was no shying away from it. So when I met her and I knew her capabilities, I was like, hey, this this is all you. I'm going to keep and, you around and, a little while. And, and it's great because in reality, it's made the biggest difference. Yeah. Right? And, and that's what some of the things that, that I wanted to talk about on the podcast was just how important your back of house really is that's that's the whole point of the podcast is typically typically gym people they start gyms or they start businesses in the fitness industry because they're great coaches or great trainers and had a fitness experience but then once they open up a business they find that it's a vastly different skill set to find success as a business owner and it needs to be run as a business at the end of the day exactly you know and, and it's to that extent where it's like Passion's only going to take you so far, right? And numbers don't lie. And so that was one of the things. When I, when I started taking over the business from my parents about a year and a half ago, that was, I mean, I was extremely lacking. You know, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know what I was looking at. And, and to be honest with you, I didn't even know where to go, right? And even when I would get information from them in small little tidbits, it was it was either too complicated or done wrong in the first place. Right. And, and that was the thing. And, and I kept having to go to Lauren to ask her questions like, Hey, what is this? And she's like, well, this is done wrong in the first place. This, is- <laughs> this doesn't add up to begin with. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. and that's one of the biggest things is, is the back of the house is, is so important, but yet most of us don't look at it. Yeah. You know, because or- fitness people are so good about, religiously tracking sets reps loading tempo all of these different metrics and then when it comes to running the business those things sort of get left by the wayside a little bit and so for you guys at least with peaks this is pretty much full-fledged big box quote-unquote sort of operation we've got almost every kind of offering available within this building is that correct yeah Talk to us a little bit about what people can do. So what's available for them depending on what their goals are? I mean, I think sometimes people come here and they suffer from too many options. A lot of times we get people who come in, it's a huge gym, it's laid out. And I kind of see people get that overwhelmed look on their face because they have no idea where to start uh, which totally understandable if you walk in and you're a novice do you go to the treadmills the ellipticals do you use the selectorize the free weights do you need a trainer so a lot of the time people's first stop is a front desk saying hey how do i use this what am i supposed to do and our first step normally is to just immediately pair them with a trainer we have Besides Dom, who does training, we have a bunch of amazing trainers, men and women, who have been in the business for forever, and they really know their stuff. So that's probably my favorite tool to have someone start out. 
um, because it's the safest. With the one-on-one, -on -one, you mean? Yeah, because sure. then they can have someone who can sit down with them, say, what are your goals? And what do you already feel comfortable with? What do you know how to do? Because sometimes, you know, people can come in, get really excited, and then maybe have an uh-oh, not know how to use a machine, feel discouraged, and not want to come back. Yep. And especially, you know, touching on that a little bit more is from a business aspect. Right, oh, for sure. That's what I that's mean, what my next point was going to be is like exactly. having I mean, these coached programs are such a higher ticket item that's far more profitable. For exactly. You know, that's that's your bread and butter is when we start signing people up for personal training and we start signing them up for group trainings where the thought of coming into the gym is just second nature. Just show up and it's taken care of for you, right? And that's a lot of where your gross profit margins are going to come from is those training, right? Just having them show up and pay their bill, that's all it does is cover your bills, right? You're not making a lot of profit off of your EFT and um, all of your insurance memberships that you have, right? That That's covering the basics, right? Your point of sale where you're signing these people up for, you know, large personal training packages, um, shirts, extracurricular stuff all the way around the gym, that's where your profit's at. And oh, so- yeah. The just good like examples of, of businesses in this model can do just as much, if not more revenue from PT, from nutrition coaching, from supplements, apparel, whatever else, water, Gatorade. If we can make the individual member that much more valuable to the business, we know that they're going to stick around, one. For sure. And two, we know they're going to get results. These things work. We're not just selling them for the sake of selling them. We know that there's value to it on the back end. Exactly. And I think that goes with the entire business concept, right? The whole purpose of a gym, which makes, in my perspective, being a gym owner fantastic is I'm getting paid to do a job that I love. But not only is my job something that I prefer, but I'm genuinely helping people, right? This is for the better of them. You know, you're paying me for a product. There's nothing sleazy behind it. You get what you pay for. And in reality, you should be getting more than what you pay for, right? That health aspect of you coming in every day, just doing a little bit here and there, whether it's mental health wise or actually physical health wise, is so important that the product is so valuable, right? And I think one of the great attributes of being a gym owner is that exact portion is, is that we provide something that is so necessary to everybody inside of the population that it's critical, right? And, and more people should be involved with it. And that's one of the great things about being a business owner. So if I can have them more comfortable in the environment by doing personal training, if they can't afford it, I have free classes with their gym membership. Hey, you don't want to be in here. You don't really know what you're doing. I've got it. Get in this yoga class, right? Get inside of this intermediate hit class. You know, maybe you'll learn something. Get to know some people, right? It's just as much as being here. It can be a social aspect for people as well. You know, maybe they're stuck at home doing, you know, working from home now. They don't have any other social aspect of life anymore, right? So the gym in every kind of facet that you look at should be beneficial, right? Agreed. And, and it's a service at the end exactly, of the day. Exactly. And, and that's the big thing is it's just, for me, when I look at 
being better as a business owner, it's that my experience at my gym should be 100% capable, right? They should be ecstatic when they leave. They should think, man, this is the best gym I've been to. The guys at the front desk, they know my name. They know what I need, right? They're catering to the things that I want. And it's just a good atmosphere, right? And to me, that's a lot of what makes, in my opinion, my gym special is that, you know, I run the show and I'm out there every day. I'm helping people. I'm talking to people. I'm making sure I know their names, right? And providing this full rounded service, right? And and so for for the other people that eventually listen to this, guys, to wrap our head around the scale, talk to us a little bit about how many members we have and how does that compare to where you think you could be long-term? Okay, so we, first thing that I want to, get across to everybody. So we're in a really niche market, okay? So we're in a small retirement town in Fountain Hills, Arizona, right? And so we very much rely on this five, you know, four to five month season of snowbirds, right? And they come down from all the Northern states, even Canada. And we get a lot of them down here. So our influx goes up by 20 to 35%. So so winter- Seasonality to this big time, yeah. Exactly. So it adds a- huge extra factor. So our profit margins in our winter time are, are truly our key. That's what allows us to be stable throughout the entire year. Because we're a gym in Arizona. When it hits summertime, I mean, it's dead in here, man. It's, it's 115 degrees outside and I can barely keep my ACs cool enough to be at 80 degrees, right? So it, it's, it's rough. But come winter time, I'm looking at you know, anywhere from 2,800 to 3,000 members, right? But once I hit summertime, I've, I've dropped under 2,000. So, you know, my profit margins really vary. Yeah. And so and, it's, it's heavily dependent on time of year. Um, and I assume everything down the line follows suit, things like training or group classes or Big time. whatever else we have available. And so that naturally probably fluctuates as well. For you guys, do you think growing the overall membership or getting more of the membership into those training programs, which do you think is probably the bigger opportunity for you? Ooh. I think, honestly, I guess it could be both too. it It is both because we deal with such a, you know, cyclical rise and fall of profits and members. So we really wanna, concentrate on making sure those people who are our regulars really feel like regulars. You know, the people who aren't snowbirds, we want them to always want to come in. And we do have a really, you know, tight knit group that like, we're calling them if we don't see them every day, like, Hey, where are you? You're here every single day. What's going on. And we rely on those people to keep coming in. And then with the snowbirds or, you know, Lots of newer people, younger people are actually starting to move into Fountain Hills and we are really trying to make it feel less retirement town and more just a town. We want those younger people to come in just as much as anyone else. Our whole business venture now that it's Dom and I is that we don't want people to feel like, oh, it's this extra like, man, I got to make time after work or before work. 
It's an investment in yourself. Yeah. You owe it to yourself. You deserve it to come in, feel good. And that's how we want people to view gyms, at least our gym, not this ugh, responsibility. And I feel guilty if I don't go. Yeah. yeah. I think touching a little bit more on, on that, uh, that EFT and that point of sale kind of topic, like, so going into more of that EFT, obviously I want to grow both, right? The more that I can grow both, the better I am all the way around, right? So, but the way I kind of look at it is my EFT, the more that I grow my EFT, the better the service I can provide within my gym, right? The more amenities that I can produce, the more expansions, the more new equipment that I can spend. My EFT is strictly spent on making sure that this big, places as good as it can be, right? Yeah. And if I have a spike in my EFT, I'm putting my money back into my business, right? That's where it's going, right? Whether I need new equipment, updated equipment, uh, new bathrooms, new showers, right? New lighting, things like this, making it fresh and new. And, and that's the other thing that I think caters to a successful gym is every three to four years, you need a facelift. You need something different. Sure. You've got to keep these avid gym goers who have been there for years. They want that taste. They want something new, right? So that EFT, that's what I want. The more yeah. that I get on my EFT, the fresher I can keep the face of this gym. The point of sale on the Laura, other You side. mentioned some, some younger people moving to the area and into the market. I want to, I want to get your guys' opinion on how we can tackle some of those people and, and bring them into the business what is what is the marketing strategy how are we able to attract those types of of consumers so actually the biggest influx that we've seen is high schoolers which is incredible i mean starting that young really builds a routine in your life for fitness that when I was in high school, not really many of my friends went to the gym. I went to the gym because my dad was a bodybuilder. So like Dom, I was in gyms since like birth. It was a regular thing for me. So to see these high schoolers come in and they're really excited, really ready to become fit at an early age, we're moving towards marketing, especially on social media where those people spend most of their time. All of our specials are on Instagram. We post pictures of our gym daily, what's going on, the newest thing, what supplements we have. Hey, we just changed uh, our pool to a saltwater pool. Come check that out. Yeah. Your friends are here. Refer a friend. All of these things that young people can be like, oh, well, you know, I'm 20 something and I don't have a lot of extra spending money, but there's this great new program I can get in on it. You know, if I do it now and I refer a friend, I can have all these great breaks. We do, you know, uh, student memberships, all this stuff. Dom uh, trains the football team, the uh, Fountain Hills High School football team twice a week. We're trying really hard to get them to want to come in. Your friends are here. You know, it's kind of an everybody's here. You should be here too kind of feel. And, and, and it sounds like it stems all back from the social media side of things, right? That's sure. everything in fitness for sure. is if, yeah. you're not on Facebook, if you're not on Instagram and even now, if you're not on TikTok, people are going to find other gyms to go to. For sure. Exactly. It makes it a really, really easy way for people to find you. Has that been 
entirely organic thus far? Or do you guys plan to put some sort of advertising budget behind it to get that reach even further? Oh, so we've had uh, our budget behind it probably since I started. Um, it's easier for us. We're younger. We already know how all of that right. kind of stuff works. Our front desk staff, they're all young. You know, they're hip and in the know. So for us, it doesn't feel like something new and scary that we have to try to like dive into. Sure. I keep up our website. We have everyone contributing every day to our social medias. You know, we boost those posts, we get them out there. Um, that's one that you just, you can't deny that social media is where we're at, you know, as a society. It is so what it is, whether you like it or not. Them, join them and also do it the best that you can. Right. And, right. and the things that for us to have worked the best in reality is like we can post something like a special, right? And it's like a printed sheet, but that does nothing compared to like a video of people in the gym just having a good time. I mean, to be honest with you, what is the best sort of advertising is not old school advertising anymore. You wanna advertise your business, make it so that way when they watch that video, those people in that gym, fuck man i want to be a part of that gym they didn't tell me shit about what it costs where it is how it is whatever but damn i watched that video and man i want to do what they're doing in that gym yeah that that's the type of stuff that has worked the best that's the advertising that's changed the game instagram especially i mean most of these high school kids that come in all follow 8 million different Instagram accounts of fitness and that's who they want to be. So that's how we're trying to be. You, you there? Yeah, we're good. So, okay. and I mean, what we were saying is, it's just, it makes it so easy. You can, you can share a post, you can tag somebody, you can include it in, in any kind of messages, whatever the direct message format for the platform of your choice is it makes it incredibly easy and almost a natural extension of sort of a word of mouth idea. Yeah. One of the best pieces of advice that I was given was one of the best ways to invest your money into advertising was making sure people knew who you were. And, and, and that being said is you see all these new Instagram, TikTok, social media posts of like a one minute video that looks really cool, that shows off everything you have and who you are. So we did that. It changed everything. We had this nice video that was made. We spent the money to do it. It showed the facility, what it was, some cool little knickknacks here and there, people having a good time, people working out, and a little bit about who we were. Changes the game. Worth yeah. every penny. Simple, straight to the point. If people don't know you're there, you're not selling them, oh, right? Yeah. And there's businesses like this all over the country where they've been around for two, three, four decades and people still walk in daily and they have no idea that you ever existed. Exactly. So just spending the money on some simple video that you can post on your website, on your social medias, you know, and even to the extent of just getting it out there and having people check in at your gym. Hey, just got to work out it. Simple things make a big difference, right? And, and that is where we've had little margins of growth, right? Especially with the younger population. Hey man, check in when you get in here. Scan this barcode to check in. 
right? And then it checks in on their social media. I mean, these kids are checking in all the time, right? And then they're like, yo, Billy has gone to the gym six times this week, man. This kid doesn't miss. He's just hitting it, right? And then it's bragging. I mean, it, and it keeps you, it keeps these people honest. It keeps them involved, yeah. right? And you make them your best marketers, right? Exactly. And to talk from the business perspective of this, obviously, if we could generate all the leads we ever needed organically, that would be the dream. The only reason for social media and, and paid advertising to exist is to supplement that because of things like you said, we can't necessarily control it. We may get a ton of referrals four months out of the year and we may go pretty dry the rest of the year. So if we can supplement it with some sort of paid advertising and make sure that we're still constantly bringing in new people, because at the end of the day, we're never going to keep a hundred percent of our members. No, it's fine. Right. It's not going to be a hundred percent as close as we can get. That's the goal. But we need an, a constant influx of new members to be able to at least maintain, but hopefully grow beyond where we are. And, and this whole conversation between you guys and I has been growth focused, right? We're trying to go from where we are, point A, to where we want to be, point B. As we look forward in your guys' mind, what's that point B? Where are we trending as a business? Um. So for us, right, our big thing is, is like, we're looking at that 1% margin, right? We're trying to keep our bars low, realistic, and in kind of that survival mode where, you know, how much growth is truly possible. And for us, if, if we can keep within these percentile margins, that's, that's what keeps us alive. Right. And, and that's one of the hardest things is just having, you know, these smaller expectations and keeping that direction in the right way. Because, you know, our biggest struggle is summertime and it always will be. So for us, the question is, is where are we looking at avenues to supplement that big deficit of income in that summertime? Right. And we struggle with this all the time. Where are we going? What are we spending our money on? What's going to get people in this store during summertime? And, and, you know, there's a lot of things that we've worked on and gone after and some, a lot of it's failed and some of it's gym business is trial and error guys. Exactly. And a lot of it's worked. A lot of it hasn't. And a lot of it, when it worked, it only worked a little bit and we barely saw a return on income, you know? So it's, it's such a chess game of trying to make up for these little things. But my honest opinion is, is if you have a good product and you have a good environment, you're going to sell. It will come. Right. right? It's all just, the best marketing strategies, all the sales tactics in the world. If we have a shitty product, people yeah, are going to notice. Exactly. And that's the thing is, is it, uh, my advice to a lot of the people is, is, you know, we're constantly doing maintenance in here. Between my dad and I, I, I don't even get to spend time at the front desk anymore. She's back here crunching numbers, making sure that the business is stable. And I'm out there fixing things constantly, updating things. That to me has made the biggest difference. Even over advertising, just word of mouth in this small town of, hey, I watched the owners completely redo a bathroom in two days just to make sure things are up and up. It's nice in there nothing's ever down, right? 
Sometimes just the simple things of making sure your product is perfect and new and updated does more for advertising than you could ever get out into the world, right? Have a good product, be proud of your product and like do what you can, reinvest your money. I think reinvesting the money back into the business has been for us the biggest thing because you have to kind of have a finger in every pie. You know, all of the machines need to be working. The patio needs to be in good standing. Um, a big generator for us is we, we used to have a tanning bed, got rid of it, and now we do red light therapy. The number of people who come just for red light therapy alone is incredible. We yeah. just got all new batteries. It's a huge bed, not just for your face. You yep. can lay in it. And it became so popular that we had to make a week pass just for that, a month pass just for that. We had to raise the prices because we were going through bulbs for so quickly, right? Because it was getting used so much. And not only that, the room got so hot that it would make the gym hotter. And so our AC bills went through the roof. I mean, I think the best advice that I was ever given was to never be complacent, right? There was always something better that you could do that could make you more money. And that's the truth. Like yeah. if you're not constantly trying to improve or do something better, somebody will. Well, now that we have big, more boutique gyms, it's a constant struggle of people coming in, especially like a snowbird or someone who comes in from California and they're like, oh, well, my gym has a smoothie bar. Okay, yeah. well, we don't have a smoothie bar, but we have XYZ. And then Dominic and I have to sit down and be like, well, should we have a smoothie bar? We sell supplements, we sell this. Like, how would we even make that work? What would that look like? How much is that gonna cost? Do we need to hire more people? Some things we just can't do. We're yeah. in a small town, we're a you know, private company. Okay, sorry, we might not have a smoothie bar. Things that, you know, I just actually the other day was saying, Dom, I've been hearing, especially these younger people who really want to get into fitness. Oh, well, they, you know, went to a lifetime and got a body scan and then came here. Well, should we start doing that? What does that entail? That's another, you know, do we charge for that? Because you always have to have something new just to keep up. And especially for the snowboards, when they come in, they want to see what's different, what's new, what's exciting. I'm excited to go back and see yeah. what they're doing now. Well, one of the first things that you said on this podcast was a lot of the time people are overwhelmed with the number of services and don't know what to do. Gym owners get the same thing. Gym owners, there are so many different things that we can layer on and so many different ways that we can provide value and make money as a business. And that shiny object syndrome is a real thing. And we got to really be careful about that because those things aren't cheap. Putting in a smooth no. bar is not cheap. Buying a body scanner is not cheap. These things no. are investments. And if we're not sure that we can actually generate a return on the back end, sometimes we need to check ourselves more than anything else. You know, yes, we spread sure. ourselves very thin. You yep. know, we'll be like, oh, we have all these aerobics classes. And then someone will come up and be like, what about Tai Chi? And we're like, oh. Well, now we have Sounds to do, great. Let's do it. <laughs> Who wants Tai Chi? Who's going to teach it? Where do we smash that into our schedule? Do we have to take out another class? And then it's always, well, what about hot yoga? What about goat yoga? All of these things, all yeah. these trendy things. Yeah. That we can't, we can't be everything to everyone. There has to be a line where people 
feel like you're taking their suggestions and really trying to run with them, but also being like, you know what? Sorry, can't have goats in here. Yeah. <laughs> that is one that we've been can't have goats for. and you can't have we can't have goats at the smoothie bar. No, I love goats, but can't do it. <laughs> can't do it all. No. And and guys, but I think then, that's that's then the hot, one of the, the most hot important things to remember. It's like, dude, we live in Arizona. Right? Just go outside. Yoga, I will send the instructor outside. All right. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> There's your summer revenue right there. Exactly. Yeah. That's uh that's a pretty good place for us to start to wrap things up. I think the crux of this is if, if I were to summarize everything that we spoke about is sort of kind of know who you are and what you're good at. Yes. Can we go outside of that and offer new things? Of course. But at the end of the day, we need to stay in our lane and, and focus on delivering the best possible service. Everything else will follow suit from there. For sure. Oh and, yeah. And especially for us, we became a successful uh, a semi-successful gym in a small town because we understood our market, right? Yeah. That's the thing is, is know your market and know your environment because my market is nowhere near the same market as most of the people listening to this, right? And that's something to just understand. It's like my market is not going to work where they're at and right. same thing, vice versa. So get to know your market, be comfortable in your market, Right. right and constantly be ready for that market to adapt and change, right? And, and that's where we're at, you know? Her and I talk all the time. What, what, it, what are we missing? What do we need? I think the biggest thing that, you know, I, I can't speak for every owner, but I can say I've been in a lot of gyms in a lot of different states. As an owner, I think it really behooves you to be accessible to your members. I mean, there's a limit. You got to find the limit. But I think the biggest thing that has we've seen since we've taken over is people really enjoy knowing us, knowing our faces, being able to come up to us, talk to us, give us concerns, suggestions, compliments, whatever. Um, and that keeps them coming back because they feel like they're not just a member. They're a part of our family. Correct. Guys, this has been a whole bunch of fun. And, and I always really enjoy the chance to explore owners brains and their mindsets and, and seeing what makes them tick so i really appreciate your time here where can people find out a little bit more about this what's the the website what's the social media where should they go um we'd love for everyone to visit all of them um we are peaksathleticclub.com and all of our social is peaks athletic club yep facebook Perfect. instagram all of it and simple and easy that's the yeah. best way to go about it guys Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm excited to see what the future of this holds as you guys transition more into the ownership side of things. And I'll be uh, cheering from the sideline and, and waiting to see what it comes to. All right. We hey, so man. appreciate you guys. We appreciate it. Love the podcast. And uh, we hope everybody out there who's uh, an individual business owner, you know, some of these small family gyms, I hope this podcast, you know, sheds a lot of light on all of us and you know, we can start competing against those big boxes. We can do it. You can do it. Yes, exactly. Come on, guys. This has been awesome. Thank you to everyone who tuned in today. Thank you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the industry, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time.
Jim Lord's out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.